Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe is across from me. He's a super guy. He's got Fox Funnels in, but uh, in some manners, he'll listen to what you have to say before he'll dismiss outright as not being conservative enough, whatever you say. Huh? See, I disagree completely. He's the the, uh, mayor of Sham Dam. And uh, let's see, what else can I tell you? He's the head of global tsunami response. No, volcanoes. I'm sorry. i got to get my sheet updated here. And uh, his favorite phrase is when his two grandsons look across the dinner table, throw something towards him and say... You don't have any hair, Papa. <laughs> is that your favorite phrase? No. I don't think That's so. That's the one I hear most often from well, them. <laughs> Oh, is it? Okay. One of our listeners sends us a note, says, Good morning, Mark. This morning when you said, Alexa, my radio stopped. Hey, we could start it. Alexa, what time is it? Now, a lot <laughs> Across of people have got country. a time check. <laughs> <laughs> and that is not funny. Uh, that's the first time that happens, says our listener. Yes, we've had people, uh, uh, their Alexa turns on when I do the promotional or mention for the uh, smart speakers in the morning. And when I say, Alexa, listen to Debbie KOK, a lot of folks say their Alexa turns on. If they're not already on her, uh, one of them says, had a, like a, sometimes she has a snippy response. She says, you're already on that channel already. <laughs> so, all right. So, all right. Now, EB sent us a note, oh, so that's yes, always a good conversation yes, the starter. Old EB, the fairest man I know. He says, yesterday the, the Judicial Committee voted on Katenji Jackson-Brown. Not a single Republican member voted for her. She is arguably the most qualified candidate for the Supreme Court ever. Obviously, oh, this gentleman has never reviewed any other <laughs> oh, candidate's qualifications for the Supreme Court. Uh, Amy Coney Barrett was at least her equal, probably her, her uh, Supreme no, no. Amy Coney Barrett had never defended anyone, ever. I'm she, talking about qualifications, her legal background, her judicial training, all the things mm, that yeah. go into making a candidate. No, I'm just right. saying that they're at least equal. Would you concede that? <laughs> no, they're not all at right. least well, equal. They're not equal. All right. Katanji Brown-Jackson has it all over her. I see. Well... In that case, in any event, he says, the, those same Republicans had no problem voting for Amy Coney Barrett, who has never tried a case in her life, or Brett Kavanaugh, the guy who had a, I love this, a credible rape allegation. Come on, E.B. It was not <laughs> credible. It was never credible. And you really make yourself look foolish by using that word. Against him and spent part of his confirmation hearing ranting about how much he loves beer. That's not true either. That's the Republican Party in a nutshell, isn't it? Doing everything to lift up the underqualified white people while trying to take opportunities away from overqualified people of color. Racism is alive and well, and it lives inside the GOP. <laughs> and how many Democrats do you know voted for Amy Coney Barrett, whose qualifications were at least similar? You know how many Democrats voted for her when it came to the Senate floor? One. Three. Mm. And you know how many Republicans have already announced they're going to vote for Katenji Jackson-Brown? Three. Three. So, what do you have? <laughs> 
Uh, what about the GOP chair who was African-American? That's right, he was. <laughs> well, but we're all gonna, racist. I'm not going to say what that's called when they do that, but they did Oh, that. that's token. That's Uncle Tom, right? For that reason, right. Yeah, Clarence Thomas is Uncle Tom. Any conservative black no, person is Uncle Tom, Tom or Aunt Jemima, right? No, he said the GOP chair. His name escapes me. but uh, yeah, He's now a consultant for MSNBC, I believe. Oh, is he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there's irony right there. Does the word rhino enter into this? one 800 Oh, that's true. Yeah, he even... Oh, I see. He was black, so he never really was a real Republican to start with. That's right. That's the way E.B. thinks. Well, that's the way you think. You <laughs> no, just I don't. I think it. he, I think he was a free-thinking Republican whose opinions, oh. some of which oh. I agree with. So. Yeah, I like that. That's a good way to be. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Our telephone number. If you'd like to t- like to talk about uh, the uh, KBJ nomination that's made its way out of the committee yesterday, and a couple of Republicans, fortunately, some rational Republicans, some free thinking Republicans, are going to support her. Oh, uh, so the other Republicans are not rational. I think they probably some are. Pat Toomey is. I like his reasoning. He he wanted a stated judicial philosophy, and she said hers, her philosophy is just to follow the Constitution, but I can see where that would irritate him, where he, you know, he wants a specific uh, sort of a lean in your remarks. Well, it isn't whether you follow the Constitution, it's how you interpret the Constitution that becomes <laughs> well, the problem. she didn't want to say that she interpreted it, she just said she wanted to follow it. Well, you heard the hearings. On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury yeah, It was Boat Michael Steele. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. Uh, on the Mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. You can check them out at sunburymotors.com our toll-free line is now open, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com, and you can text us at 70236. Uh, include the keyword OTM in your message. What's that in the upper right-hand corner, Joe? I so I thought the courts ruled that Biden had to reinstate the Remain in Mexico policy does not appear he's complying. No, it doesn't appear he's no, complying. No, he's delaying. Well, he's, you know, they're, they're streaming across the border and, they, and all the other news that's gotten lost, but they've done nothing to control the border. Kamala hasn't been anywhere near it for, what, over a year now? It's yeah, ridiculous. And they just changed, what, that Rule 42 or Section 8 or something? Well, they're, they're thinking the of pandemic. changing it. I don't think it's changed yet, but they're, okay. the Democrats are planning on changing it. Okay, and that'll make the situation worse. 1-800-795-9565. If you'd like to add some factual words to our discussion, upper right-hand corner, Joe, and then we'll go to the phones. All right, I cannot imagine what our lives are going to be like if Joe Biden and the rest of his regime are continued in their so-called leadership roles. This might sound ridiculous, but once the Democrats party was found to have committed the atrocities they did regarding the lies and upheaval against President Trump, a new election should have been immediately commenced. Continuation of the manner in which the Democratic Party seems to operate is going to be a new world war. I am so disgusted and very nervous. What's ahead in my last years on this earth? Yeah, you think it's it's a wonder. It, I mean, it's no wonder people aren't saying, oh, bring back the Bushes or Obama or Clinton or, uh, you know, an, uh, any one of the previous presidents where you, you had sort of normal shenanigans <laughs> In Washington. Well, you Trump know, Joe Biden's Biden had credi- credible allegations of child molestation against him. Who has? Joe Biden. Oh, did he? When did this happen? Well, you know, those people with sniffing girl, little girl's hair. Oh, that's not molestation. I mean, obviously, way, <laughs> way, way inappropriate. No, but There's if we no can, u- if we can there. use, if we can call, say that. Um, um, 
uh, Brett Kavanaugh was um, had credible allegations leveled against him, we can mm-hmm. say that there are credible allegations leveled against Joe well, Biden. Well, I think it was a credible allegation. The issue was, do you believe it? And did the judges or the what uh, determined senators determined credible? Determine credible for me. A woman steps forward and says, "This is where it happened. This is when it happened. This is." Uh, and does there have to be cooperation for it to be credible, or does it just exist well, on its own? It, it doesn't hurt anything if it has that, but I think it doesn't really necessarily so if it doesn't, mandate it. And if it doesn't, it's a credible allegation instead of an unfounded allegation. Sure, you're not listening to what I'm I saying. Am. No, I don't think you you're are. not otherwise making sense. You, we wouldn't. <laughs> otherwise, we wouldn't be at this corner of this uh, bigger sphere here. This idea that the senators heard all the testimony related to this, and there's non-cooperating witnesses, and from people that you know may have indicated that uh, the uh, the woman had to have counseling and so on afterward, and that kind of th- that kind of stuff. So it's it's a credible rape allegation. But did the jury buy it? Would be the w- way to go. And the answer is no in this particular case. And that's perfect. That's the way the system works. That there is was no the jury. You know, no there the senators. Okay. And so they said, well, you know, it's not enough. Even if it's true, it's not enough to keep them off the U.S. Okay. Supreme Court. First of all, it was in high school, right? You agree with that? Mm, yeah, pre. It was in, it was was he in, in college school. or no? She, he was in high. They were was, both. They in were high all in high school. Okay. And, and so no one else, no none of her friends, no one that she called on who who said that uh, who she said could verify it. None of them verified it or even recalled it. No one even remembered her being at the party. Right, but that doesn't make it an uncredible allegation. Yes, it does. It, Mark. it means that the senators <laughs> said, okay, we're well, you know we're going to weigh this thing that happened 50 years ago and and come up on you know with this conclusion. But I, I don't think, Joe, you can just dismiss when a woman comes forward and says this is an allegation. Of but you can dismiss rape. it whether a woman or a man comes forward and there is no cooperating evidence and there's no proof, would you want to be you condemned? De- yes, would you want to be true. found yep. guilty in the court of public opinion yep. for something with which there is no uh, independent verification? Yep. We'll stipulate you would want fine. to be? You could definitely stipulate that. You could definitely not believe it if you so choose. That is your prerogative. All right. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Uh, Stan, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Good morning. So according to EB, Miss Jackson is most qualified person ever. So, but she is qualified to go light on sex offenders, child pornographers, and pedophiles. And she's not. And she's so qualified, she can't even tell us what a woman is. Is that what he's telling us? Yes, that's what he's telling us. <laughs> well, in okay. today's day and age, I just wanted to make sure I was clear on that. Well, Stan, so, what is a yeah, woman? Okay. Since you're so knowledgeable, what's a woman? A female human being. Help, help. <laughs> and what's a human being, the one that can bear children. Okay. Can actually bear children, okay? I know we've gone over this part before because you said not all women can bear children, and that is true. They may have a physical ailment that prevents that. But in this large scheme of things, women bear children, period. Okay. All right, we got you. Thank you. You're free to go. All right. Now, <laughs> yeah. now as far as... Uh, yeah, remain in Mexico. Yeah, Biden's slow walking that. But his bigger thing is Trump put in, what was it, Title Title 42 or Act 42, whatever it was called, to keep to be able to remove illegals across the border because of health reasons, correct? Right, the pandemic. I think, right. Now, Biden, on, in, on, he gave a specific date, May 23rd, I believe, is that's going to end. And from my understanding, there is large waves of migrants that will be illegal when they cross the border coming north through Mexico. They, there's video of them. They're just busted through a Mexican 
flying down in uh, south of Mexico trying to get into the country. You know, so this stuff is going to continue at a higher rate than it did before. So Biden is doing absolutely zero at the border to prevent it. He's actually making it worse. Mm-hmm. Why, why do we stand here for an invasion of, you know, a million people a year or whatever it is, two million, it was over a million last year, and, and, and we were so worried about the Ukraine border because Russia invaded. <laughs> I just want to know the answer to that, because none of it makes sense to me. We like some okay? borders, but we don't like others. <laughs> well, we like right. other people's none borders, of, of we don't like sense. our own. Yeah, some invaders are wanted and others are not. Didn't you say that all these invaders in the U.S. are going to become Democrats and vote for Biden? Well, that's what the Democrats think. Now, whether that happens or not, well, actually, none of these should, because they should never get amnesty, should never get anywhere near citizenship, the ones that are left go in this country. None of that should ever happen. But the problem is they will have children. And those children will be automatically become U.S. citizens according to somebody's law. I don't know if it's our law because there's a question about that. If you're here legally, you know, you don't necessarily have rights. But in the past, that's the way it's been. So that's the way it'll be because nobody will change that because they don't have the, the spine to do it. So what do we do about that? And, and they figure, you know, they just give them all this stuff. You know, everything's free to the Democrats. We just keep give them all this stuff, they'll vote for the, you know, the Democrats. You know, the, the, the giver of free ice cream always gets the vote. Used to be beer, Stan. It, like it used to be on. they handed out beer and whiskey on Election Day. Beer and whiskey. Okay. Well, yeah, so you get them drunk so they don't know what they're voting on. <laughs> Understood. Uh, but, you know, it, none of it makes sense. All right? That's all I'm saying. None of it makes sense. Why we are let it, taking this country down the road we're taking I don't know what what their end game is, but it it, it can't be good. Where's None the free ice good. cream? Yeah, where is the free ice cream? I haven't found it yet oh. because nothing is free. Okay, I got you. Now, uh, Joe, Doctor Oz, I just seen the report in twenty eighteen. He's going to give out free ice cream. Amnesty for for child child illegals. You know the DACA program. He was supporting that. I don't have a I have a problem with that. All right. I don't want any U.S. senator supporting DACA. I think really? they all should be run out of office if they do. I guess you'd run me out of office there. because I think the DACA, the, there is a definite, the, those kids didn't ask to be brought here. They were brought here as infants and children. Uh, and I think they have a right to stay in this country the same way somebody born in this country has a right to stay in it. Joe, you bleeding no, heart liberal. The they broke the law. Sorry. <laughs> They broke the no, their parents. Their parents break. broke well, I the understand law. Understand that part. Yeah, their parents broke the, the law. So you want to have DACA, but you want to give them the path to citizenship. No, okay. You want to let them remain here and be productive members of society. Eh, I could maybe let that go, but they should never ever get citizenship. All right, we got Period. you. All right, Just thank you, sir. Well, there we yeah, disagree. Thank I'm, you, sir. I'm sorry, but I think that, you know, their parents brought them here. They didn't come here on their own. They didn't wander across the border. Now, these kids that are coming in today, my problem isn't with DACA, or the Dreamers, as they will like to be called. My problem is that we're not stopping it from continuing. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. If you'd like to weigh in on DACA, the porous southern border, we talked about... Uh, 
President Biden and the U.S. Supreme Court nominee Ketanji Brown-Jackson and compared her to President Trump's, two of President Trump's nominees in their uh, highly qualification situation. Yes. And our, of course, E.B. says she's the most qualified well, candidate Well, that's ever. a matter of opinion. He you know, obviously has never heard of people like Hugo Black, Charles Evans Hughes, Louis Brandeis, Oliver Wendell Holmes. Oh, they, never heard of these. They these were guys. not they were as white qualified guys. as her. <laughs> they were not as qualified as her. What was? It? What were their names again? <laughs> Never mind. One eight hundred seven nine. Have you ever heard of Oliver Wendell Holmes? Just out of curiosity. <laughs> I've heard of him. Okay, good. You're making progress. He's on the Bruins, right? One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. We will be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. The wind works up the waves a lot. The ghost moon sails among the clouds. Tempts the rifles in the silver on the border. Running across the border. Uh, who? Oh, no, that is, oh yeah, Dennis signed it. Go ahead. Dennis signed it. Dennis says, I am not a legal expert, especially on constitutional law, but is it possible to hold a president or Congress liable for not securing our borders? Possible dereliction of duty or possible treason? Interesting question. Well, a very interesting question. You're supposed to uphold the Constitution and its laws. Right. So, of course, one of which is you're supposed to enter the U.S. with permission. That's true. Not swim across the, the river well, or I mean, they wade have, across the river. I know Fox, uh, well, Fox has largely ignored other news, but they've been pounding this story for years now. Mm-hmm. They had pictures this morning of people walking across the river at a ford and going into the Wading United States. Across, Wading okay. across, yeah. Oh, dear. Nobody's stopping them. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Another listener sends us a note. Go ahead, Joe. says, anybody the Democrats pick is superior qualified to a Republican con pick. Just that simple. Repu- Republican. A Republican, I'm you sorry. you got to say pick. it right. Says Tom. All right, thank you for that. Isn't, isn't their fairness and innate? <laughs> I mean, it just <laughs> overwhelms me. Okay. Well, look, people hear what they want to. Yeah, but they always say, though, the Republicans are bad, but our Democrats are so good. You know, and they called in here about uh, President Trump's kids, but now uh, Republican lawmakers are blasting Hunter Biden's Secret Service detail after it was revealed it's shelling out $30,000 per month to rent a mansion next door to his mansion so they can keep an eye on him and protect him. 30000 well, a month. Right. Well, we, have to, we did this after President Trump left office. He made sure that his well, kids they, had... We had people calling in saying that he even he shouldn't get... Uh, protection. Well, I don't know about that. But, you know, should we give them months and months of protection uh, while they're in office? Should we give them protection uh, after the president leaves office? These presidents sign orders, I know, and uh, it looks like... Uh, uh, 
President Biden has done this to make sure that Hunter stays protected, even though he's above the age of 16. Uh, I, it's just, you know, it's a horrible waste of money. It's millions of dollars. Look at uh, when the Secret Service would go to Mar-a-Lago, President Trump would charge him you know, hundreds of dollars per room, I mean, more than $500, but less than $1,000 per room for every Secret Service agent right. that would follow him around, rather than, you know, be some sort of a patriot and give him the room, maybe claim it on his taxes or something. What was that mine that Hunter Biden supposedly... Uh, it's a... Uh, platinum mine in uh, China? Like, I don't know, but someone said that the House yeah, was going to call him as an expert witness on mining. On, on mining. <laughs> on rare earth mining, rare metal mining. Right, so Eric. Given the fact he's made so much money at it. Thank you for waiting. You're on the mark. Hi, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. Back in lovely Pennsylvania after spending a couple weeks uh, touring the southeast, seeing relatives and so forth. Um, and I, I was I, That's why I wasn't calling in. I wasn't ignoring you guys. I was, I was away. Um mm. So, bottom line question, is or is not Judge Katanji Brown Jackson a qualifiable candidate for the um, Supreme Court? Yes, she is. No. Absolutely. No. Absolutely no. qualified. She's, hmm? she's and, absolutely you know, qualified. Are you disagreeing with that? No, I just said she's absolutely qualified, and I think she okay. should be confirmed. Okay. I don't agree with her political so, philosophy. So why, then, is in, in a, the problem is... We are now essentially uh, circumventing the Constitution by, you know, making this totally uh, political. And, and granted, the Democrats did the same thing with the last, uh, the last uh, nom- nominee, last couple of nominees under President, uh, <clears throat> former presidents. But I remind everyone that you know the previous nominee beside that, the last one under Obama, the Republicans e- never refused because they had the majority refused to even consider them or bring him. To the um, to the discussion, so it, it's it's the Senate is politicizing the Supreme Court to the point where whoever has them during the Senate will be able to then decide who becomes the Supreme Court justice. But that's and the way this that's that's the way the system. Eric, that's development considering how we're supposed to have three different you know. Um, uh, branches of government, you know, kind of watching over the other one. But, Eric, the Constitution says that the Senate shall advise and consent the president on those nominations. It's the way it's supposed to be. Unless it's an I, election year. I understand year. that, but our, our founding fathers, I didn't, I don't think, ever saw the point where it becomes such a political divide in this country where if one, one um, party, and only it's two parties now, uh, nominates someone, the other party if they're in power would block it, or in the case of the Republicans back under Obama, refuse to do their duty and even bring it for discussion. That, to me, my mind, whether I'm a Democrat or Republican or independent, it's frightening that they're circumventing the process of even bringing people to who the, to the Supreme Court. Potentially, we could have this, right? So, uh, potentially, let me, I know I have a couple, couple minutes. So, potentially, let's say we have uh, a Democratic president reelected. We have the Republicans uh, gain control of the Senate. Uh, so in the next four years, we have three or four um, nominees come up, and the Republicans say, nope, we're not going to listen to any of them. And would that be right? But that's not what happened. The Republicans only refused because it was near. It was right before an election. 
right, well, January again, have an election year. the process. You don't know, Joe, that if it's been two or three years, anyone done the same thing. But no one is no one on either party has ever refused during the normal course of events to consider during a nominee. Course of the event, that's your definition. My definition is what the what the Constitution stated they should do, and they refuse to do it. Well, this is pure speculation as to whether what the Republicans will do in the years ahead if well, President Biden nominates is, well, my somebody. My fear is, Mark. My fear is that this could potentially happen, and then we would have a Supreme Court which is dwindling down to almost nothing, simply over partisan politics in the Senate. And that is not what our founding fathers meant when they designed the Constitution. Well, I'm sure the they electorate would change. They have three the power, each looking over the other one and making sure none, 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 any one of them totally dominated our government. All right, we got you. All right, thank you so much, Eric. Gentlemen, I appreciate the call. Happy to be back in Central PA. <laughs> glad to have you back. Thank you. Yeah, glad you're back. Thank you, sir. All right. Uh, one of our listeners sends us a clipping that says, this is from Trib Live. Right. Uh, Stacey Abrams reaches millionaire status before her second campaign. When Democrat Stacey Abrams first ran for Congress uh, for Georgia governor in 2018, her lackluster personal finances and a heft, left a hefty bill from the IRS gave Republican fodder to question how she could manage a state budget when she struggled with her own debts. As she launches a second bid this year, that's no longer an issue. Abrams now says she's worth $3.17 million, according to state disclosures filed in March. That's compared with a net worth of $109,000 when she first ran four years ago. Oh, well, that's appearances. Isn't that amazing? Right. Well, that's appearances. <laughs> they pay her to travel all over the U.S. Her rapid ascent yak, yak. into millionaire status corresponds with her rise in national politics. Since her 2018 defeat to Republican Brian Kemp. Abrams has become a leading voting rights activist. She was considered as a potential running mate to President Joe Biden and is widely credited with organizing voters in Georgia to help him become the first Democrat to carry the state in the presidential vote in 28 years. Along the way, she has earned $6 million, mostly <laughs> driven by $5 million in payments for books and speeches. Well, yeah, appearances, books and speeches, that's what they're... They, they all do that. They all go there as normal people, maybe with even a little debt, and then they all come out of there's long zillionaires and they explain how they're still in touch with the common man. Common man. Yeah, well the common man would like to make a couple million bucks for a book. Your well your net worth is about three point seven million, so you should be and I happy. Haven't written a book. She's in your category. Well you make appearances on On the Mark. That fetches you a hefty fee, I know. You're listening to News Radio ten seventy WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. We just got the green light to talk to Jeff McCausland, the CBS News military analyst at 940 this morning. So we'll be giving him a buzz. Going to talk about these war crimes allegations. And he was on TV last night saying, remember, they're just allegations. You, you of course, think that Russia did them, and that's the evidence. But you, he says... Are they credible? In a fog of war, they're not credible <laughs> until proven. So... Well, I don't think the I don't think the Ukrainians staged them. You know, that's what the Russians are claiming that the that the Ukrainians staged right. these things. But there was photographic evidence I heard this morning. Uh, I guess the White House released it that there were bodies in the streets before the Russians left. 
Okay. So that would indicate that it wasn't that it was the Ukrainians, it was right. the Russians. Well, yeah, I don't know. He, he's just saying that, you know, a, a war crime is a difficult thing to prove to start out with, and it has to be absolutely incontrovertible incon- proof. Incontrovertible. Incontrovertible <laughs> proof, thank you. Yeah, we all have our... Momentary lapses with words. Um, <laughs> what's the word that you can't say? Proselytizing. Well, I can't. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> All right. Comes off as something else entirely when I say uh, it. We talked about Stacey Abrams a little bit ago. We talked about the eminent qualifications of uh, Katani Brown-Jackson, and our good friend E.B. says that she was, in fact, the most qualified individual in the world uh, to have <laughs> ever been nominated to the court. Uh, I certainly think she's qualified. I That seems like a stretch to me, but hey, you know, that's... Uh, Obviously. E.B. is he's certainly well-known He's done a lot of research. Circles. How many justices have there been? 150 or something over Quite the years? Quite a few, but we, they ignore people like Oliver Wendell Holmes and Hugo <laughs> well, He Black wasn't qualified. And Br- Louis Brandeis. Let's ignore that, them entirely. They were not qualified. They're white guys. They so weren't they qualified. They possibly be qualified. They turned out to be great justices. Some of them were Republicans. A lot of them were Republicans, <laughs> too, but that... <laughs> well, what's worse, some of them are Democrats. That's the real bad part. All right, so that's out there. Of course, Stacey Abrams. Uh, enjoying this the multimillionaire Stacy this Abrams. tremendous wealth that uh, elected uh, people get to enjoy if they go on the speaker circuit and write a fake book and all that sort of thing so uh, that's been out there so we can talk about that one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five oh our southern border holy smokes we almost uh, forgot yeah, the let's U.S. Not Mexico border uh, we talked about that maybe something that relates to that we do have uh, some more emails pending so we and can then the wonderful statue going up in Gettysburg of Thaddeus Stevens. Oh, I don't have a clipping about that, do you? I did, but I didn't bring it in. They're okay. just putting a statue. They've raised $50,000. I didn't realize there was a Thaddeus Stevens Society. I might have to join that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's on Facebook. You can start there. Okay. All right. So, yeah, definitely give that a buzz. one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is our telephone number, so we would love to hear from you. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com and text us at 70236. Include the keyword... OTM. In the news today, Pennsylvania's acting Secretary of Health will be visiting the Valley today. Kara Klein-Peter will be visiting Evangelical Community Hospital to attend private meetings with hospital staff. Evangelical says the meetings will discuss rural health care challenges as well as response to the pandemic as it relates to the state and hospital interaction. Klein-Peter will host a news conference at noon and we'll post that. Uh, we will carry it live on WKOK's Facebook page. State Senator Gene Yaw the state representatives, Linda Schlegel-Culver and Jeff Wieland will be there. Hospitalization related to COVID-19 took another big drop in the Valley over the weekend. In its Monday update, State Department of Health reported Geisinger Danville now treating a dozen COVID-19 patients, not the 160-some that they had uh, earlier this year, but 12. F- 10 fewer than were listed on Friday. Evangelical Community Hospital has two souls on board being treated for COVID-19. Food insecurity within the Valley is an issue at the Union Snyder Community Action Agency. Penn State Extension and the Miller Center are working on their starting a free seed-to-supper course later this week. Free beginner's gardening course offered to people or families on a low income. We are teaching them how to grow their own foods as well as how to harvest and prepare foods. 
Shabrina Holmes is a master gardener with Penn State Extension. She says food insecurity affects about 9,000 people in Union Snyder County. They're going to teach individuals to grow from seed, lots of vegetables that they can enjoy uh, in a garden plot and enjoy some healthier choices as a result. The Center Square is reporting Pennsylvania's tax receipts were strong for March 2022, with the Independent Fiscal Office revising its projections upward by $580 million from their August estimate. Sales taxes, personal income taxes, and corporate net income taxes drove the rise, indicating the economy's recovering from some of the pandemic-related shutdowns. The labor force participation rate and the unemployment rate are still not to pre-pandemic levels. The Independent Fiscal Office estimate was closer to what the State Department of Revenue's uh, figures uh, were projecting. And today is National Flash Drive Day, or as we call it around here, Kevin Day, where you call Kevin if you need anything that relates to tech, and he fixes it. So please celebrate that. And finally, five more women will appear on U.S. Quarters next year. Uh, the women who appear on Quarters are Pilot Bessie Coleman, First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt, and some others whose uh, the list didn't continue on the other page. A uh, woman named Tall Chief is one of them, but I don't have the other ones in front of me. What was the story you read right before that? I was going to comment on it, and I forgot. Oh, the National Flash Drive Day? You yeah. do know what a flash drive I is, do. right, Mark? I do. Oh, I know you do. <laughs> uh, those little thumb drive thingamabobs, right? Yeah, yes. that's right. Very good. And I thought I got another kick out of another one. I saw a former priest at our church posted a little thing that some saint is the patron saint of the Internet. And I was astounded <laughs> because the Internet that's was... That's Al right? <laughs> no, 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 they named the algorithm after him. Oh, sorry. Um, it's... Uh, you know, how could you... You and that joke, that is going to last forever. <laughs> hey, well, he gave me an opening. I said So up, how yeah. could there be a patron saint of the Internet when the Internet wasn't around when the patron saint was living? Did they... Who assigned him this task? Said, hey, saint, I know you're dead, but you got to take care of the Internet now. Pope John Paul did it. He's dead, too. Well, he, but he before he died, obviously. Oh, really? You think he, he created a patron saint of the Internet? I, so, think, I think so. So when I get the blue screen of death, that's who I should ask for <laughs> that's help? Who, is that yes, what you're saying? I forget, I forget what saint it is. Well, you need to tell me, because I see that blue screen of death way too much in my life. You ain't kidding, brother. <laughs> you do have that uh, plea to our Lord and Savior when the screen goes blue. I have heard that. Yeah, it's not quite this. I don't think it's and a plea. And he really emphatically point. invokes his help. And I, <laughs> I do think it's a sin, not a plea. And if you're in mixed company, there is a reference to Holy Smokes coming out of the power drive, or what do they call it? The power box, the power supply. The power supply. Yeah. Yeah, what's that smell? It's Holy Smokes. Holy excrement. Oh, wow, well, that might be uh, out of the uh, power supply. All right, one 800 is our telephone number. We'd love to hear from you. We are going to call Jeff McCausland at 940 this morning. The key question, just digging a little bit farther into this war crimes allegation that's going to emanate from some, uh, well, previously, and then plus the findings in the outskirts of, uh, is it Lviv or Kiev where these were found? No, no, it's Kiev. It's It's the outskirts of Kiev. Kiev. It's Busk or Bursk. I forget the name of the town. Something like that. Where apparently executions Where they recovered. The Ukrainians regained 
in that position and found the bodies. All right, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com. You found something overnight. You said about uh, Hunter Biden's uranium yeah. mine. Well, I know he's going to be called as an expert witness on mining, I think mining. it is. <laughs> brother. But several Republican lawmakers blasted first son Hunter Biden's Secret Service detail after it was revealed it was shelling out 30000 a month for rent and a mansion. ABC News reported on Monday that the Secret Service, this isn't Fox, this is ABC News now, the Secret Service detail protecting the president's son has for over a year been shelling out the five-figure rent for the Malibu mansion uh, near the $20,000 per month mansion where Biden has been residing. So they're actually renting a, a uh, mansion that's a more expensive place. than Biden's uh, <laughs> for, per month. The Secret Service also often rents properties near its protectees as part of security operations, so the arrangement isn't unprecedented. But the high cost required to protect Hunter Biden still left many Republicans stunned. The Secret Service paying over 30000 a month for Malibu Mansion to protect Hunter Biden. The luxury rental property has gorgeous ocean views, according to its listing. Republican Study <laughs> Committee Chairman Jim Banks of Indiana tweeted, and California Rep. Darrell Issa, Republican on the House Judiciary Committee and former House Oversight Committee Chairman, quipped the cost of protecting Biden was now being shared by big tech, the mainstream media, and now the American taxpayers. The property was selected by the Secret Service for its location near the Malibu mansion Biden has been living in for over a year. The revelation comes amid a probe into the president's son's taxes that continues to compound. And there was also a story this morning about, um, you know, the laptop and all these news outlets now are now wondering why this story about Hunter Biden was buried for so long. <laughs> well, it wasn't buried. It was, Fox News was reporting. People were calling the show saying, well, it's Russian propaganda, it's Russian misinformation. Why is the now media even the Washington left? Post, the New York Times admit that it is a story and that it is then that is his laptop and what's on it is uh, not condemning but concerning let's get back to secret service protection after um president well when trump president trump was in office we were spending millions of dollars to protect his kids is that as we should and i think we, we should, should spend money to protect and Hunter then Biden, after they left um remember the washington posted a story at this time last year saying that they were still being protected for you know for x number of dollars now that does run out at some point i, I don't know it when. doesn't run out for the president and his wife but it does run out for the children and other family members who Normally. After they leave office, right. okay. So what? And this, and it was the same with the Bushes that they had their kids, you know, whatever adult kids that they had were protected, and I'm sure the Obama girls were protected wherever they I'm went. I'm pretty sure the Obama girls still have some measure of protection. Okay. I, I may be wrong in that, but I think they do. And what is what is ABC saying? It's costing us to do that. Well, it doesn't say about them, but it said just said, this story is about Hunter Biden's mansion, oh, the mansion. thirty thousand a month mansion in Malibu. I mean, there there were people who <laughs> called into the program and complained when the Secret Service had to uh, build some things around Donald Trump's mansion mm -hmm. to protect him. You know, so I wonder if they're outraged. You mean in New York or in Mar-a-Lago? Uh, I think Mar-a-Lago. Okay. There was there was some talk about that at the time, and we had people calling the program saying, "Oh, this was terrible." You know, the man's raking us over the coals. I wonder if those same people are going to call in and say, "Gee, Hunter Biden, we shouldn't be spending thirty thousand dollars. We shouldn't be spending ten thousand more a month to rent a house near him than he's spending for the place where he's living." Well, and I think uh, yeah, maybe there's a cheaper solution if they were to look for it. Well, and we we know if we want to talk about President Trump that. He would charge the Secret Service to. St he would choose to st go to Mar-a-Lago instead of, you know, Camp David or wherever else, and then he would charge 
the rooms that the Secret Service agents would stay in, you know, like 700 bucks a room or right, whatever for it his, was. For his personal Right, at his, his place. hotels, right. So, which it was dumb. He but, should, but that's where he, he was staying. Them. In other words, they, I don't think we paid for his room. Right, no, I get it. it was just, but if you want to talk about wasteful protection expenses, I think you should put that in on the list. But but you're right, 30000 a month is certainly a high, it's a rent, it's not even a mortgage, it's not even rent to own. No, and 20000 a month, even Hunter Biden's 20000 a month. Now, how much is that a year? Let's see. Ten months would be two hundred thousand dollars. That would be two hundred and four. Two hundred and well, let's see. Twenty. Two hundred forty thousand dollars. Yeah. Well, he's an expert on mining and electrical issues. Right. So. You know, I, th- I think certainly they should get him before Congress. I think that's a novel approach. They're going to try and call him as an expert witness. <laughs> okay, Google. What are Hunter Biden's mining credentials? Here are some results from the web. Oh, he's nothing. <laughs> yeah, right. it's, it's nothing. It's a blank page. It's it's a link to OSHA if we want to bone up on the OSHA regulations. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Got one caller standing by. Talk about the exceedingly large expenses associated with protecting Hunter Biden and his uh, protected laptop down there. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. You can email us at onthemarket.wkok.com. You can text us at seven zero two three six. Include the keyword OTM. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing and can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. The sky's My, my, I have bad headphones. I can't understand a word she said. So what was it, Kevin? What Malibu. 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 Okay, Malibu. thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry. I my headphones are all distorted. Okay. Uh, upper right-hand corner, the Trump family used the Secret Service for years and probably still do. Well, President Trump would and his wife would, but I don't think the kids get protection anymore. Uh, can we get peace united in a nation united? Can we get peace united in a nation I don't understand that. Hmm. Well, let's hope we have peace. How about that? All right. Just agree. And then uh, Eric, says, do you remember Judge Bork, Thomas, and Janice Rogers Brown all fought by the Democrats. That's true. Well, yeah, that's what, according to our good an- analysis, and it used to be called getting borked, which well, was an afterward. unfair treatment by oh, okay. uh, one party against the Supreme Court nominee oh, of the other. I never heard that. Never heard got it getting borked. No, uh, Eric, the former president, was Donald John Trump. Say his name, and a president can be impeached, and they should be when they refuse to enforce the law. Biden and perfect is uh, Biden and the borders is a perfect example. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. But I, I think there's pro- are there other examples where President Biden or other presidents are also not adhering to some law? 
Well, we have people who have said Donald John Trump was lawless, well, lawless and stupid, and well, you called him being, a buffoon. He's being invested. <laughs> okay. Lawless and stupid, that's true. Well, that <laughs> might qualify, but those are opinions. I don't know if it's illegal to be those things. And then somebody called him a baffoon, which I think is a cross between a baffoon and a baboon. <laughs> is it? <laughs> uh, Joseph, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in, apparently. Uh, yes. Good morning, gentlemen. Um, I want to comment on the nominee, the woman that's nominated for the Supreme Court. I'd like to ask a question. If lying under oath, would that, would you be qualified to become a Supreme Court justice if you lied under oath? Well, not if you were found guilty of same. Okay, another question. She's a Harvard graduate. She is a woman. She's, what, 40-some years old, probably? I don't know. And she cannot discern what a woman is. <laughs> either she's lying under oath or she's an idiot. <laughs> now, either one would disqualify her. So I cannot understand why I forget which one of you said she's fully qualified. I hey, did. Come on, man. Come she on. is. Well, I think she's qualified. If, I, I think she once doesn't want to answer the woman. I, I think she says she doesn't want to answer the woman situation because in the world of transgender, it, it has changed. You know, Joe's definition, an adult female is okay, but would a, a woman that is transgender, you know, a person who becomes a woman who's transgender and transitions, they're not female. That wouldn't really qualify but by the are. female definition. They are female. They just don't live that way. Okay. They're still their. Oh, they, you mean if they their DNA, to be a male. their DNA would show that they are still what they were born as. Right, but a woman is a is a uh, descriptive term. It is not sort of an empirical term. Go Mark. ahead. Yeah, go ahead, sir. Yo, Mark. You, why won't you let me speak? Uh, because you interrupt <laughs> us. You ask a question, but then you don't let us answer. Well, okay. Here's my point. If she is that stupid <laughs> that she can't discern what a woman is. That she said she couldn't do it. She couldn't do it. She wasn't a bi biologist, number one. So either she's lying under oath or she's an idiot. Gotcha. Now, both of them, to me, I'm not a college graduate. I quit high school and went in the Army at, uh, out of 10th grade at 18 years old. Well, thank you for your but, service. Uh, yes, thank you. You're welcome. But the point is, either one of those things should disqualify her. Would you not agree? <laughs> She's obviously lying under oath, because she knows what a woman is. I can take any four-year-old child, and they can point out a woman to me. Mm -hmm. Right? Well, you know, I think you're missing a third option. The third option is what? that all of these candidates for Supreme Court, when they are grilled by the opposition party, attempt to be as bland and unresponsive as possible. <laughs> and she's no different in that than the other candidates that Donald Trump had nominated. Well, I'm not arguing back and forth what, what either either one of these and what they do. I'm just saying what she said. I'm just basing it upon what she said under oath. All right, we got I, you. And you can't deny that. I don't care what the Republicans do or the Democrats do. I'm just judging her and her own mayor. So out of her own mouth, out of the abundance of heart, the mouth speaketh. Right. And either she's an idiot. Or she's lying under oath. One of our listeners agrees, says Joseph is 100% correct. Judge Jackson is either lying under oath or stupid. Either is definitely a disqualifier. But we have 
a full Republicans voting for her. Oh, okay. Well, that's I, I hope you. I hope you two gentlemen would. Are you both college graduates? Aren't you? <laughs> oh, we aren't too bright <laughs> up you, here. We've been I accused hope, of being I part hope of. You learned something in college. Well, I think I, I've learned a great you know? deal over the years about how people respond in political situations. And there's absolutely well, yeah. now. Let me finish. There's absolutely nothing yeah. for her to be nothing for her to gain by giving an answer that would be controversial or that would upset the people who are most likely to vote for her. I don't fault her for that. I mean, you can call her stupid. You can say she lied under oath. I think she was being, she's in a part of a political process. She gave a political answer designed to play to the base that's most likely to support her. Well, I agree with you 100%. I agree. But she, she's lied. She lied to do that. That's, a, that's, well, how That's do you incredible. prove, Joseph, how would you prove uh, empirically well, that she knows, that she can accurately define what being a woman is? Well, uh, again, okay, you have a point there. I cannot prove that. I cannot prove that. Right. But on the other hand, if she doesn't know, she's stupid, and she's not qualified <laughs> to judge on the Supreme Court. Well, Come I'll, on. I'll grant you All that. Right. If she if you. she doesn't really know, she isn't very well mentally put together. <laughs> oh, brother. All right. Thank you so much, Joseph. Thanks for calling in. Thanks, Joseph. All right. 1-800-795-9565. Last caller before a quickie break. Cindy, go ahead. You're on the mark. Well, I would probably be, first of all, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. I would morning. probably be defined as a female or a woman. And when this discussion was going on a, a week or so ago, uh, I'm also a registered nurse, so I have a medical background and an experience with biologic issues. I looked it up because we've, we have moved into an age of the language police, I call it, and a lot of semantics about words. And let me give you an example not related to this. They don't want us to call them car accidents anymore. They want to call them wrecks because an accident, these people who want to change our verbiage, they argue that implies a lack of responsibility, and they want the people who caused it to be responsible. So do I. And so they want to call them wrecks, not accidents anymore. And, Joe, you had a thing where you, wanted, you didn't want to be called elderly. Is that the word you, you object to? You didn't want that used? I it's definitely don't like that word used. And there we over, go. over the years or in news here, I ask the news department never to use the word elderly. Let Tell somebody's age, let other people decide if they're elderly. He, he asks us. He actually took us out to the woodshed and said, this is where you go if you use the elderly right. on the word, air again. But so, anyway. again, with, there are people in our communities who place uh, certain um, semantics, emotions, whatever you want to say on a specific word, and so people who are advocates in these issues try to change the word, thinking they'll change people's minds. That's where the real foolishness happens, because just because you change the word that's used, you're not necessarily changing people's minds. But what I really wanted to call was, I don't understand why people are in such a kerfluffle about this nomination. It was a foregone conclusion. The Democrats, through the election process, own the Senate. The Democrats changed the policy. You don't need 60 votes. You only need a majority. They have a majority. So this drama that the press keeps pushing forward and that people get sucked into, suckered would be my preferred word, it's ridiculous because the day that he nominated her, she was already, you know, it was decided. They could have all the committee meetings. They can have all the talking, all the drama that they are putting around this. 
it's it's done. The only thing that would change it is if a couple Democrat senators weren't able to vote through infirmity or you know passed away or were pushed out of office in in the next what two weeks. So it's just silly for us to waste our time and energy being upset about this because it's done. Mm-hmm. It's done. All right. Right. Nothing's going to change it. It's a foregone so, conclusion. Yeah. As they say. We're at the point for acceptance and move on. All right. Let's, gotcha. let's deal with things that are that we can change and that we have power over. And the next time there's an election and good people like some of the most uh, vociferous callers to this channel who, who proudly proclaim that they don't vote, well, you own this. You <laughs> own this. Have you voted? You might have changed the election, and the Democrats might not own the Senate or the House, White House. And so you own that this happened. I voted. I make a point of voting. All right. Thank we you. Got you. Thank you so much. All right. 1-800-795-9565. want to tell you about the Sunbury Motor Company. Uh, I had an opportunity to drive a Bronco Sport. It was like a rusty, dark red color. I don't know how to describe it. I'm not. That's not my speciality, the, determining the color. But the 2022 Bronco Sport had this big Yakima roof rack on the top. Oh, what? Yakima? From Washington? Oh, uh, Washington State, right. name of the town. Okay. Right. Well, it's a city where they have a manufacturer of superior roof racks and truck accoutrements. For Ooh, truck accoutrements, right. eh? It comes with 30-inch tires, and it's already got a lift kit on it. I call it a lift kit. They say that's just the way it's built. It's not really lifted. It's just the way it is. Got the fully waterproof rubberized cargo floor. So, Joe, you can spill or you can go in the water, and you just pull out the drain hole and drain it back out. You can get a snorkel on it if you want to ford any streams out there in your Ford Bronco. Uh, you can get uh, this particular one or the Big Bend version, the Outer Banks version. I'm going to buy uh, one for Kevin that uh, comes with the Beach version that is capable of going in sand and a lot of other things, but it comes with a surfboard up on top on the racks. <laughs> it comes with one, so you can't beat that. It's a Bronco Sport. They have some down there in stock, but they can order other ones if you want to try a different one at the Sunbury Motor Company. They got the allotments to make sure that you get the vehicle you want at the Sunbury Motor Company. We'll take a quickie break. Uh, Don't forget, in about 10 minutes from now, we're going to be talking to Jeff McCausland. We'll be right back. Talking about Harrisburg and Washington. Lies, lies, lies. Thank you so much. Uh, we have asked for and received an opportunity to talk to Jeff McCausland, retired U.S. Army colonel, served as dean of, the, of academics at the U.S. Army War College, and also as a private consultant, a CBS News analyst. So good morning, Jeff. Thanks and for And an making. author. You forgot he's an author. He's too. an author, right. <laughs> Joe loves your book. <laughs> I do. <laughs> uh, we wanted to talk about the war crimes. Tell us about this. Uh, these new allegations. Does that actually change anything? And how do you prove them, Jeff? Well, first of all, it's great to be with you guys, but the, this horrific war crime that we've now seen in Bucha as the Ukrainian forces have reasserted control of this town are just astonishing. Uh, the signs of bodies laying in streets, people with their hands uh, tied on their back, which appear to have suffered execution-style killing after torture, just is uh, heart-wrenching and soul-wrenching. <clears throat> How we go about proving this, of course, investigations are ongoing, uh, sponsored by the International Criminal Court, uh, by the uh, head prosecutor in Ukraine, and of course it's being documented very heavily by the media and exposed to the, the world as a whole to demonstrate what the Russians have in fact done here. 
uh, how we go forward with this, of course, is the International Criminal Court will conduct an investigation and would have jurisdiction over people who committed these particular crimes. The question is, of course, you have to prove exactly, specifically, who did this at an individual level. That'll take an enormous amount of time, unfortunately. Uh, if, in fact, they are successful and they do know which Russian units were in the area, maybe the possibility of prosecuting some of these folks, there's a possibility that some of them uh, may either now or later uh, actually be prisoners of war. And if they are, they could be fairly easily prosecuted in the aftermath of this conflict. Longer term, will you be able to gain access to these individuals and prosecute them? Of course, that is more problematical. And then as you go up the chain of command, because the question is, was this done by a renegade unit? does not appear so based on how this has occurred across the country. Or is this more systematic and more directed by uh, Moscow, which is what the Ukrainians certainly claim? Then the question will be how you hold people at the highest level responsible all the way up to Vladimir Putin. <clears throat> the, the possibility of prosecuting him or getting him in the docket, obviously, is going to be extremely difficult. But in the short term, at least, there's m mounting pressure, I think, on the international community on just how horrific this uh, unnecessary aggressive war prosecuted by the Russians is, that hopefully will result in more countries coming online to support sanctions and other efforts against the Russians. Now, speaking particularly like countries like China and India, very large countries that have kind of sit on the fence so far. And, of course, it'll spur, I think, greater effort on the part of the international community, United States and NATO countries especially, to provide additional military assistance to the Ukrainians in defending their country against this Russian invasion. Well, let's say we give Vladimir Putin the benefit of a doubt he doesn't deserve and that he was not aware that his forces were doing this. But given proof that they did or that it did happen, would you expect him to take the high road and, and perhaps uh, discipline these units, or would you expect him to try and cover it up? Unfortunately, that's easy to answer. He'll go to the latter. He's already doing that. I mean, there's going to be a, a U.N. Security Council meeting, I think, today, to discuss these particular atrocities. I think Mr. Zelensky is supposed to address the U.N. Uh, and expose these particular atrocities to that particular body. Uh, the Russians have already come out with that at the U.N., with, with their ambassador as well as elsewhere, and saying this is all fabricated, this is untrue, uh, the bodies were brought in from elsewhere, uh, the Ukrainians actually did it themselves, just like the Ukrainians are actually sh shelling their own cities, of course, as we see artillery rounds and missile fire hit residential areas, the Russians always claiming that that's not their forces. The Ukrainians are actually uh, conducting these false attacks on their own people. Obviously, pretty preposterous. That's the line of lies that the Russian government will perpetrate. So if Putin, if Putin had knowledge of it beforehand, that would be a difficult thing to prove, wouldn't it? Or if he condoned it? That would be a very difficult thing to prove. Uh, uh, obviously, that has been done in the past. Uh, going up to the chain of command, one might think of um, people like uh, Mladic, uh, Karadzic, uh, and others in the wars in the Balkans. Uh, but but uh, it certainly seems possible. It certainly seems like the Ukrainians are adamant about pursuing an investigation of these particular atrocities, wherever that investigation may lead. What can you say as what do you call the state of the invasion? We know the Russians have advanced and then pulled back, and you know it's a slog everywhere they go. Um, as a strategist, what do you make of this? Well, what I make of it is that their initial plan, which was a political decapitation of the government, capturing Kiev, taking down the Zelensky government, installing a new government, 
more favorable than that is that is totally failed. And the assumption they'd be able to do that quickly, obviously, has proved to be totally totally untrue. And so now they're 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 really retreating. They'll call it repositioning. They're retreating, pulling their forces back out of Ukraine, realizing that multiple avenues of advance that they conducted was not sustainable based on the resistance and based on the forces and based on the logistical tail that they created. They're going to concentrate their efforts now in the south and the east, particularly in the Luhansk and Donetsk area of the Donbass region, in an effort to try to secure that area, and then also secure that uh, that land bridge that connects Russia proper to the Crimea. And that'll mean continued emphasis and bombardment of Mariupol, which has now been had uh, relentless bombing and, and relentless shelling for weeks on end, uh, even though there are still 100,000, I think, civilians trapped in Mariupol to see if they can secure that corridor. Uh, at that point in time, perhaps you might see the Russians suddenly announce a ceasefire uh, and argue for negotiation if they were successful in that particular military endeavor and try to negotiate from a position of strength. Well, the Biden administration has said it's going to give another $850 million worth of aid to them. Is there any way for us as just folks looking at this situation to be able to tell whether or not the aid that we're supposedly sending has had an impact? Well, I think we can tell already that the aid is having an impact. I mean, the Javelin missile system has come to the United States and the NATO countries has had a devastating effect on Russian armor. There also been very clear evidence that our Stinger air defense weapons have had a, a devastating effect uh, as well on Russian aircraft. So there's clear evidence that that uh, has been affected, but we're going to have to do more as this war progresses. I think we're going to see a changing character in the military assistance that we're going to need to provide. If the Ukrainians are going to be able to re- now go on a counteroffensive and reassert control of some of the land areas outside of the major cities, then they're going to need things like armor. They're going to need things like higher altitude air defense. They're going to need probably improved artillery. Uh, there's some uh, discussion of transferring uh, T-72 tanks, which the Ukrainians are familiar with, from some of our NATO partner countries like Bulgaria and Slovakia that have some of these older weapon systems, which are older but effective and ones that, like I say, the Ukrainians are familiar with and can quickly integrate into their forces. Well, Jeff, the president has said that they, these sanctions were never intended to deter. That's what he said now, but originally all the administration was talking about sanctions were a deterrent. Do you see any signs that the Russians are being crippled or even hindered by what's what we've done so far, and what more do we need to do? Well, there is evidence that, that things are not going well in Moscow, and they're not going to get any better in terms of the economy. Inflation rates are described to be about... Uh, 20%. We saw the ruble go down, though it has rebounded uh, somewhat. They've only reopened their stock market in a limited fashion. But the problem, obviously, with sanctions is they take an awful long time to have an effect. Uh, but the more and more countries that we can get to involved in the sanction and make that net that net tighter and tighter, obviously, is going to cause that those effects to be stronger and cause those effects to happen more quickly. And this idea that uh, President Putin is not getting accurate information from his generals, they're shielding him from the truth. Your thoughts on that uh, report last week? Yeah, that was interesting to me and a demonstration, I think, of how the administration, I think, is using their intelligence pretty effectively by, you know, revealing things that heretofore in a war, one might think you would not uh, not talk about. Obviously, that comes from pretty significant intelligence. It obviously... Uh, underscores the problem Mr. Putin has. It obviously challenges whether or not his 
his chain of command is being effective and how effective they are in keeping him informed about how the war uh, is in fact proceeding and hopefully then uh, can cause him if those if that reaches him of course to rethink what his efforts are and who he's actually listening to it's clear that putin has isolated himself had done that even prior to this uh, due to the pandemic and had people you know spending two weeks in isolation only to have a brief meeting with him so those people who have access and can provide him advice and influence him are obviously very few in number. Any particular timely remark about the war in Ukraine? Maybe we didn't ask you a question that would lead to something obvious to you that we might not see or ask about. Anything else to add? Well, I think the one thing I think everybody needs to keep in mind is, well, I would say two things. One is that the moral clarity of this particular war, to me, is so crystal clear. You know, we've seen a lot of wars in our lifetimes. But in terms of who is the aggressor, who, who attacks someone for no reason, and who is committing outright, you know, war crimes in the clearest understanding of international law, and it's very clear that Russia is Russia is the perpetrator. It's the moral clarity. There's no moral equivalence in any way, shape, or form on on this particular conflict. The second thing I think we need to keep in mind is, as this war goes on, that there's a real difference in viewpoint. If we were in Russia right now. Uh, first of all, we'd be arrested for saying war in, in the Ukraine because that's a crime, believe it or not. But furthermore, the average Russian watching Russian TV, this is described to him or her as a war between Russia and the West. That the West is out to undermine Russia. The West is out to destroy Russia. Whereas here in the United States, as we go about our day-to-day activities, while we're saddened perhaps by these activities or by these events, we view it, the average American views this as a war between Ukraine and Russia at a far distant place. And it seems to me that difference in perspective, one Russian seeing it as a war between Russia and, and West, us, and us seeing it as a war at distance between Ukraine and Russia, I find to be a, a curious phenomenon and perspective on this particular war. One last question, Jeff. The United Nations, what's their role in this? Are they being effective or are they just as weak as they appear to be? Well, the United Nations is as effective as everybody wants to make the United Nations effective. And one of the big stumbling blocks is as it was constructed at the end of the Second World War, the Russians are on the Security Council and the Russians have a veto. And as long as that's the case, can the United, States, United Nations take action is going to be extremely uh, difficult. That being said, the fact that we had something like 140 countries uh, condemn Russia and the General Assembly has an enormous mean, meaning internationally in galvanizing support for sanctions galvanizing support for Ukraine. I think that <clears throat> that uh, voice over and over is going to be very, very important. Other areas, obviously, the U.N. High Commission on Refugees is have, going to have an enormous uh, effect because we're sitting here at this moment with four million Ukrainian refugees outside of Ukraine, six and a half million refugees, displaced people at least, inside Ukraine. You know, think about it. half of the children of the country of Ukraine now are refugees away from their home. So the various agencies, the United States nations, are going to play an enormous effort, I think, in trying to deal with this disaster created by the Kremlin. All right. Well, thank you so much for your thank analysis you. and your remarks. Always appreciate it. Great to check in with you. 
Thanks, guys. Take care, Jeff. Jeff McCausland, CBS News military analyst, of course, retired U.S. Army colonel, dean of, the, of academics at the U.S. Army War College, uh, teaches at Dickinson, and is... Uh, also has a Ph.D., so we can call him doctor, colonel. And author. Don't <laughs> author, forget right. author. No, I won't forget that. All right, 1-800-795-9565. We'll take a speedy dialer to wrap us up by CNR. Somebody sent us a clipping. we got three texts and one email, so we'll read those when we return. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing and can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And learn to serve the state, follow the rules, and drink his vodka straight. The only way to live was drown the hate. The Russian life was very sad. Such was life in Joe and I have our lighters in the air. We're swaying left and right. we got a kumbaya moment. Upper right-hand corner Amen, first. Amen, brother. Uh, apparently, they had Secret Service oh, no, coverage. the Kennedy children. I'm sorry, the Kennedys. Kennedy children is the topic. Apparently, they had Secret Service coverage until adults. The children of Caroline Kennedy Schlossberg had protection up until a few years ago. And then a texter says, what is a woman? Can a baby be born with both organs? Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, and then some about peace at Gettysburg. Gettysburg Battlefield has a flame that says "Peace United" in a United a Nation United. Well, that's the peace memorial. Yes. Okay, uh, Chris, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, it sounds like the War College guy gives uh, Biden pretty per- high marks for his leadership. Yeah, he likes he likes what's happening in one area at least, and I agree with him. He certainly has been using the intelligence community effectively. I think. And I was sorry you didn't correct Sydney. About what? About who uh, made the voting for the Supreme Court need only uh, 50 votes or 51, depending. I thought the Republicans who did that. I thought the Republicans did it for the lower courts and the Democrats did it for the Supremes. That's backwards. Okay. The the Democrats did it for the lower courts because the Republicans their last two years were were slow marching every... uh, Obama appointment. Okay. Okay, what else? So uh, the other day she also called up about uh, thinking that the uh, elected representative should only vote what the people think, as if he had no conscience, no independent judgment at all. And I disagree very much with that. You can always vote him out if he does. He differs on enough issues, but certainly a representative shouldn't vote for something that he thinks is bad for the country, or thinks that it's just a temporary uh, 
uh, political fad or upset that's causing people to uh, think one way, and in and, and due time they'll realize their mistake. Uh, the idea that it should be uh, uh, take a poll of your constituents and vote that way automatically is very poor for performance to be for a representative. But why why do you say that, Chris? And uh, philosophically, I, I mean, I, I understand what why, you're saying. I'll go on. No, if like, you want. I understand what you're saying. But okay. if you say I am a representative, the the term means you are there to represent the people that sent you there. And if they all believe something, and you can discern that that's what they believe or want done, aren't you and obligated? If you think it's bad for the country, you're supposed to vote for it. Well, if am you I think supposed it's against the Constitution? You're supposed to vote for well, it. No, I'm saying all things being equal. That that you know, well, you're just. Uh, saying it's wrong. never all equal. Uh, that sometimes they are, Chris. I'm sorry. But sometimes they are. No, they're never equal. Sometimes, uh, well, sometimes. I'll give you a sometimes. Once in a blue moon, yes. <laughs> I happen to think that if you're a representative and you can discern what the will of the people is, and I will agree with you if it's not illegal, immoral, or against the Constitution, <laughs> I'd feel you had an obligation to support them. Uh, no, you have an obligation to, uh, they elected you to use your judgment. They didn't elect me, they didn't elect me, on every single issue. They didn't elect me to supplant their judgment with mine. Yes, they did. No, they didn't. That's what representative government does. Well, we have a different and then interpretation. If you don't like it, you can vote them out and put somebody else in. But if somebody agrees with you 90% of the time and you're going to vote them out, it has to be a pretty important issue, you, you would think. No, I wouldn't. I have people I disagree with on some issues. I still vote for them. Yes. So that's why it shouldn't be. Because but I don't know gonna, that they... You're, when you're voting for somebody, it's a choice between two people usually, oh, or man. maybe in the primary four Yeah, or but five. I, I don't know that they haven't made, that they've made some kind of decision that they, and, they're going to go against the will of the people. I don't anybody who runs, I will always vote the way you want. Even Keller had exceptions to that. <laughs> All right. All right, we got you. Hey, thank you so I much, Chris. I didn't say always, Chris. Very much appreciated. Thanks for checking in. Thank you, Joe. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you, Kevin, being a fabulous producer. Thank you for texters, emailers, and callers and Jeff McCausland. This is WDKOK Sunbury.